In Daniel chapter 2, one prayer changes the course of history. Find out more on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey, welcome friends. We are in our study of the book of Daniel. Last episode, we looked at the the secret to understanding the, the spiritual mysteries of the universe through the practice of temperance. Now we're looking at Daniel chapter 2, and there's another key habit, a power habit, if you will. And uh, we're going to, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go into Daniel chapter 2, uh, open to Daniel chapter 2, and we'll read. And uh, before we read, I'm going to ask that Sebastian, if you can open us with prayer, please. Yes, let's pray. Our Father, we are privileged to be able to study your word, and Father, especially the book of Daniel. Lord, we ask that as we meditate upon this chapter, specifically through the power of prayer, that you would guide us, you would grant us understanding, and that you would inspire us, Lord, to continue in your presence, trusting that you would open up your word to us, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm going to change gears and maybe go to Callie here first and ask her, what is Daniel chapter 2 about? I mean, Daniel chapter 2 is like the quintessential prophecy chapter. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you guys out there, if you don't know anything about Daniel chapter 2, you should know something about Daniel chapter 2. And it's, it's a very nice, easy prophecy to understand. But set us up with the story, at least. We're not going to get into the prophecy in this episode, but the story, the narrative, and how that feeds into the understanding mm-hmm. of prophecy. So the chapter opens where Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, mm. and he calls all his wise men, and he says, uh, tell, me, tell me the interpretation, but also tell me what the dream actually was. Mm-hmm. They're like, um, people can't do that. And the king's mm-hmm. like, cool, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. So then he says that. <laughs> and then um, Daniel... <laughs> Great synopsis. We just skipped <laughs> yeah. over. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, good. And then, Very good. Um, Daniel comes uh, and asks for more time, and he prays, and he gives the interpretation to mm-hmm. the king. And he's like, hey, you're right. And that's mm-hmm. the end. Okay, that, 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 yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> um, let's, let's actually zoom well into well that, 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 key, ahead, that key part. Let's go to verse 14. And uh, this, this is, I mean, you set up very well. This is a weird dream. Like this isn't Nebuch- Nebuchadnezzar like eating too much pizza the night before and having a weird dream. This mm. is like a supernatural weird dream uh, of which really the course of history would be changed, as I said in my, uh, my opener. Go to verse 14. And Israel, can you read verse 14 to verse... Um, 19? Yes, 19. <laughs> then with the counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is this decree from the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time, that he might tell the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision, so Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Mm-hmm. And then, Sebastian, I just, I'm going to ask you if you can read verse 28, because I just like it. All right. <laughs> Daniel chapter 2, verse 28. Yes, please. It says, But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days, your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed 
with these. All right. So let's 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 break this down. Okay, we're gonna, we're going to look at the actual prophecy of Daniel chapter two later on in a different episode, and all the the prophecies will be together and it'll make sense. But for the narrative, we're looking at different aspects of Daniel's character or his spiritual life that, in many ways, we need. Uh, as we live in these last days and understanding these apocalyptic visions to happen, mm. um, what what's the key thing that's happening in the passage that that Israel just just read, Sebastian? The the key element here is Daniel turns to God in prayer in a crisis. Mm-hmm. He decides that he's not going to just depend on the fact that God gifted him in chapter one. So it's interesting that rather than saying, "Well, God gifted me with understanding," I'm temperate. And now he's given me understanding and visions and dreams. No, he seeks God. And so prayer is something that underlines our prophetic understanding. And that's how God actually reveals it to us. And that's how he reveals it to Daniel in the chapter. So the practice of prayer is key. Uh, I love what you're saying is that, that, that sometimes we treat God very impersonally. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, God has given me these things. God is some external entity. I push the button. He's given me these extra enti- these things. And it's just, I'm just going to use these things. Yes. But prayer really re- re-envisions that whole dynamic and says, hey, it's a relationship. i got to ask him, yes. uh, which is a very a personal God. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what's going on in, in verse 16? Daniel went in and asked the king to give him a time that he might tell the king their interpretation. He went to his house and made a decision made known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Nazarene's companions. What are some, some of the conditions of this prayer? Let's actually analyze his prayer. He's not going, I'm like, king, just hold on a second. I'm going to pray. And I'm like, well, and then, what, what's going on here, Israel? So as, as, as we mentioned the previous episode, first of all, Dan, the, the life of Daniel mm-hmm. doesn't begin with Daniel chapter 1. Mm-hmm. There's a character that has been created mm-hmm. prior to these crises. Mm-hmm. And so um, how, what, what does that mean to us now or what does that mean to, in, uh, in Daniel chapter 2? Well, we know that Daniel has a certain understanding of who God is mm-hmm. because he comes to God. Well, not only does he come to God, but he says to the king, God, I'm going to pray and God's going to give me the interpretation. So mm-hmm. Daniel trusts that God is in control and Daniel trusts that God is available to him. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's very important is in verse 17, it says, Then Daniel went to his house and he made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Mm-hmm. And so not only do we have what Sebastian has already mentioned, that, uh, that Daniel goes to, uh, you know, every crisis is a, is a call to prayer, but also he brings his friends together to his house mm-hmm. and and there in his home they experience communion with God and so communion with God is not just distant but it's personal mm. it's intimate it takes place in the home and also it's a it's a it's a time to bring together your friends and to and to and to corporately seek after God, and so you have Daniel not just seeking God but seeking Him corporately. So I mean, let's let's look at that. I mean, it's it's um I don't know, in some ways this episode can kind of seem a cliche episode. Hey, we just got to pray more, and then yeah. God God answers your prayers, and and that's true. But we're mm-hmm. taking it a lot more profound than that, or the, the, and understand the implications of that. Is why does does having more people uh, in your prayer? Does that make the this prayer more powerful? Is God more inclined to hear a corporate prayer, or you know why why include your friends? That's the question yeah. that I think many people might be asking. Well, I, I, to me, what it shows is that the spirituality of, or, or that the friendship that Daniel and his three friends has, 
have is spiritually founded. Mm -hmm. And so I think it speaks more of the relationship that exists between Daniel and his three friends. It's powerful that an individual by himself, by herself, can come to God and move the throne room of heaven mm. in answer to prayer. Mm -hmm. There have been many times when by myself in, in a closet, I have mm -hmm. prayed to God and I've seen God answer. Mm -hmm. So it's not that three, four people have more access to God than just one person by himself. What, what, it, what it displays more is the relationship, the nature of the relationship that Daniel has with his three friends that in a moment of crisis... So it's more of a horizontal thing yeah, rather than just adding more, more vertical power here. Well, I, I would slightly deviate in the sense that... Slightly deviate, meaning... Jesus going to arguing. God, right, in, in Gethsemane, yes. he invited his three closest companions to join him. He said, yes, watch with me. Yes. So I, I, while I agree that it's not that, oh, well, four of us showed up to Daddy and now Daddy's going to listen because all four of us are petitioning him as if we could convince God to do something contrary to what he thinks is wise. Mm. I don't think of it in that light, but I do think of it in the light that it does encourage the petitioner in terms of faith to know that I have these people agreeing with me, which does increase in a sense the profundity and the power of the prayer because as I'm coming and I have these people praying with me and we are in agreement on that, and maybe Justin's going to say something in prayer or claim a promise I didn't think of. Mm. That is increasing, right, the likelihood that God is going to respond and answer mm -hmm. as we're seeking mercies together. So you're saying it's not the actual number that increases the, the effectivity of the effectiveness of the prayer, but it's just more people, more, 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 more petitions going up, more power. Correct. Um, I, I guess by what I said. You say, well, stand <laughs> by what you said. The, the way I see it is, is this. And, and so, and you go to verse 15, um, Daniel goes to Ariath, the king's captain, and it's very funny. I mean, he's the one that's going out to, in verse, what is it, 14? Who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. So this guy is the executioner. Like, yeah. he's going to kill the Daniel and Hananiah and Azariah. He's the one with the actual knife. And Daniel's like, I got to talk to you before you kill me. Yeah. Uh, why is this so hasty? And then he's going to talk to his friends because his friends are also on that, on that hit list. Yeah. Right? So he's like, hey, by by the way, you guys are going to die, uh, so you want to pray together? And they're like, yes, let's, let's, <laughs> let's all pray. Yes. So it's not like Daniel's like, hey, can you all intercede on my behalf yes. and help me understand this? Like, we're actually in this all together, together. and yes. uh, we, need, we need to ask the Lord's uh, help. Seek mercies from God. Yeah. And, and what's, what's profound about this experience is the fact that the secret was revealed to Daniel mm -hmm. in a night vision, not in prayer. Mm -hmm. So they're praying, and then they go to sleep, mm -hmm. trusting that God has heard their prayer, and is going to move. And notice that God doesn't give the vision to all four. Mm -hmm. He gives it to Daniel, mm -hmm. which saves Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, mm -hmm. who joined him in prayer, saying, we're So let me ask you this. This is, this is a weird, because well, we're, there's a lot about relationships and, and, and in relation to one another, and this, a lot this of is dynamics. all good. I mean, this is, this, is, this, is, this is God. This is the Bible. Um, <laughs> why? Okay, so in my mind, because I'm very efficient, and I get very choleric and very, like, to the point, okay? Why didn't God just reveal the, the, the vision to Daniel, Daniel writes it out, and then boom? Or even you can just bypass Daniel. Why does he just reveal it to us, and then boom, right? Why does he reveal it to Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar doesn't know. He wants to kill everyone. Then, he, then Daniel, but Daniel, okay, Daniel's got to go with his friends. And, like, it gets a little bit convoluted, and it's a great story, but why? Cal Let, oh. Yeah, Cal? <laughs> so to me, it's it's a chain of dependence. Okay. That comes back to full dependence on God. Mm. 
So Nebuchadnezzar, who's this powerful king, mm. right? So he can do anything except for remember his dream mm. and remember it, it's important. So then he's, he's forced to try to be dependent on the magicians who fail him. And then he's dependent on Daniel, who's ultimately dependent on God. Mm. So Nebuchadnezzar mm. is led back to God. And then it could have been, you know, immediately as soon as Daniel hears about it, they're like, oh, we're going to die. It could have like been zapped to his brain and he knows the vision, but he needs to go to God in prayer. And, you know, as Sebastian was saying, being dependent and then also going to sleep in the peace of God. Mm. So to me, it's every Every single person in this, even the magicians be like, man, Daniel's God did that. So every single person is being led in a chain back. So to one taking away from you saying is, is the more convoluted that actual, that track is, the more blessings have branched out from that. And yeah. I'd rewrite the word convoluted because I think it only needs, it's only convoluted simply because God needed to go so far to teach these people to depend on him. Mm -hmm. If God could have just said that to Nebuchadnezzar mm -hmm. and, God, and Nebuchadnezzar would be like, wow, God's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, have done that But way. I think yes, God yes. would have done that. It's like, okay, yes. how do I get Nebuchadnezzar? Okay, so I have to do this and then so my, my humans, they're always, <laughs> they take so, so many it's, steps. It's the, the, the dumbness of us <laughs> yeah. that God has to go through that, <laughs> yeah. that route. That one. Okay, that cool. One. Okay, Preston. Well, I was just going to say with the, with the limitations that exist, right, this exactly is the problem mm -hmm. that's coming into play. Mm -hmm. Well, hold that thought. <laughs> Sebastian's <laughs> just getting started. And we don't know where he's going to end. So come back, come uh, stay with us after the break, and we're going to hear what Sebastian has to say. I know you're waiting with suspense, but stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. Uh, sorry, Sebastian, to have interrupted you, but this is the, the, the format we're in, and uh, just, just mind the clock. Okay, your comment. <laughs> so, just go and sin no more. <laughs> so, the limitations of humanity are being revealed through this situation. Yes. Even Daniel. Yes. So when you when you start with Nebuchadnezzar himself, he's a king. He's he's got limitations. Where's my wise men who have such and such connections to God? Here's your limitations. Mm. Okay, now we're going to go to Daniel. Well, here's your limitation. Mm. Now he has to bow before God in prayer. Mm -hmm. Even I as the chosen of God, who's been faithful to God, have my limitations. Mm -hmm. My friends, limitations. Yes. And then God comes, and now we know, as that verse you, you, yeah, yeah. you asked me to read in chapter 2, verse 28, yep. but there is a God, God in heaven, in heaven that reveals, reveals secrets. secrets. Yeah, so cool. this establishment right. of the reality of God and that he is beyond us, mm -hmm. and that's what commands Nebuchadnezzar's worship at the end of the chapter. So mm -hmm. I, I see this, this dynamic playing out of why God would allow it which we see is in his grace and in his desire to reveal himself and make himself known to every single mm -hmm. individual. Mm -hmm. And yet in your limitations is where we, we see that our extremity is God's opportunity. Mm. So now, say that again, say that again, say that again. That, 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 that man's that. extremity yeah. is like God's opportunity. I, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Say one more time. <laughs> <laughs> that man's extremity yes. is God's opportunity. A woman's extremity, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Human, yeah. human extremity yeah. is divine opportunity. Amen. I love how we're, we're corporate editing his, his, his talk. There. No problem. Yeah. No but no, problem. that's a still powerful point yes. that if we take that principle and apply it to any one of our situations, we have impossible situations happening all the time. Yes. And we fail to realize this is an opportunity for, for, for God. But also, I find that encouraging because so many times we find ourselves... Um, 
kind of just standing back from situations or like, I can't do that. Like God clearly doesn't call me to that, but like maybe God is calling you to something you can't do yourself. And that's, that's the point mm. of the extremity of being like, well, that's my extremity. Therefore I shouldn't go there. And God's like, no, mm. you just have to go with me. So he incorporates the human individual into the scenario. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think the ultimate answer from what Kelly and Sebastian are saying, I said, why did God reveal it to Nebuchadnezzar instead yes, of, of Daniel? Yes. Um, you know, or why did God give the dream? I, there's there's a million reasons, yeah. million valid reasons why God would do that. I think the 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 fundamental conclusion, like the the common denominator, there is found in verse twenty eight. Twenty eight, yes. Yeah, where it says, "But there is a God in heaven who." Well, we got to read verse twenty seven. It says, uh, "Daniel saying the secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king." Mm-hmm. Right. So, ultimately, God's purpose in the book of Daniel is revealed in that God wants Nebuchadnezzar to know him mm-hmm. and, and, and us too. That's the whole point of prophecy is for us to know God. It's not so that we can, you know, strengthen our minds with knowing dates and history and mm-hmm. the future. You know, Predicting we, things. It, it's, we need to know God. That's the yes. whole point of prophecy. And then I love verse 28. I, I, I didn't see it this way until just today. It says, but there's a God in heaven who reveals secrets. So why is it that God gives uh, the, the king a secret and then gives the interpretation to someone else? He's saying, so that you, Nebuchadnezzar, knows that God reveals secrets, number one. Mm. Number two, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar. This is, to me, powerful because it shows here that God knows secrets, but he also knows Nebuchadnezzar. Mm. So it's like if you're the king, it's like the God of heaven knows who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's a lot of implications to that. Like, wait, does he know that I just, you know, completely took over his nation and that I'm holding his right. prophet captive in my courts? Mm-hmm. So it's like God knows secrets. He knows you. And also it says uh, so that you will also know and he will reveal in the latter day what's going to what's going to come to pla- pass. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like God knows secrets. God knows you. God knows what's going to happen in the future. You contrast that to what the astrologers don't know. Mm. And he's saying, look, humanity and divinity, they're very, very, they're, they're far apart. Mm. I mean, they're close together and they're far apart at the same time. Mm-hmm. So close that the great God of heaven knows who you are so far away that you cannot begin to understand how he is not bound and constrained by the limitations of the mm. human uh, you know, incapabilities. Mm. And so you have this, you know, uh, this, this place, this time where, why does God do it this way? So that Nebuchadnezzar can come face to face with the great God of heaven. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that Nebuchadnezzar, the greatest king in the world, can see through his own eyes how small he really is. So this, this prophecy was revealed for us to know what shall happen in the future, but you're saying the original intent this, this whole, this complicated, convoluted, not really convoluted, but this whole, this whole <laughs> environment was all to save this one guy. Yeah. And, and think and about. God goes all out to save this one God king. God is obsessive about saving Yeah. Him. And it makes you wonder, like, to what extent, that we, we, maybe we just don't know if, in front of our eyes, what he does to save, save all of us. Yeah. Well, yes. he does this to save us too, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we ultimately get the prophecy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, look at what I had to do to save you. I had to yeah. go to Nebuchadnezzar yeah, 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 way yeah, before yeah. you yeah. were born. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to introduce myself to him because he didn't know who I was. I had to almost <laughs> kill Daniel and his three friends. Yeah. I had to kill a bunch of other people yeah. just so that you can know how to, how to, how to be prepared for when yeah. I come. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. 
we'll get to Nebuchadnezzar in a couple episodes. I mean, that's, this is this is power. I mean, that's like, these are one of these points where you just have to kind of pause. But uh, step back. Yeah, Sebastian. I was just going to add to Israel's point when you read the end of, cha- of verse twenty-eight. Okay. When he says, um, "Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these." Mm. Verse twenty-nine. As for you, O king. Thoughts came to your mind while on your bed about what would come to pass after this. Mm-hmm. He was aware of the anxieties of Nebuchadnezzar. Mm. He was aware of the things that were keeping him up at night. Mm-hmm. And, and when we're dealing with the, the preparation of prayer, Nebuchadnezzar didn't know God to turn to him in prayer. Mm. But Daniel did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we see the one who's sitting up at night who can't sleep is the one that's having the dream which is responding to his anxieties, but he can't understand how God is answering his anxieties. Mm. I'm going to show you what's going to come to pass because Nebuchadnezzar's thinking, will I be a king forever? Mm. Will this, all this investment, all this money, all this work that I'm putting in to building an empire, what's going to become of it? Because mm-hmm. every man comes face to face with his own mortality. Mm-hmm. You won't live forever. And yet through this dream, as Israel's talking about, God reveals himself to Nebuchadnezzar in the context of his anxieties, mm-hmm. of his worries. And yet in those areas of life, that's the part that we like to put aside. That's what we like to put into the basement of life. Mm. No one likes to talk about their, their anxieties. And that's why we say the most overused phrase in English is, how are you? Mm. No one really answers that question. Because in the, in, the, in the true sense of human nature, because of our fear of revealing our limitations and what we're bound by and what's worrying us, we don't want to speak of that. Mm. It's almost as if I don't say it, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But the truth is God knows it. Mm. And that's the beauty of it. Even the king, with all his power, all his money, all his servants, has worries, mm-hmm. has anxiety. And yet the God of heaven responds to his anxiety and uses that as a path to his own it's, salvation. It's cool to see the juxtaposition of, of Nebuchadnezzar, as you said. He had nighttime and he's going through his anxieties. And you have Daniel in, in chapter 2, verse 19 He's in a night vision, which the assumption he's he's sleeping. Yes. They had a prayer meeting. Like, hey, I'm going to go to bed and Jesus see what happens to wake tomorrow him morning. <laughs> and he goes to bed. And I like to, we didn't read it, but go to verse 20 to 23. He kind of busts out in this spontaneous, you know, pray session. Pray, pray session here. And verse 20, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of, the God, name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. He changes the times and the seasons. He removes Nebuchadnezzar's and raises up other kings. <laughs> he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. I thank you. I praise you, O God of my fathers. You've given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we've asked of you for you have made known to us the king's demand. Amen. I just love that. I mean, this comes from a, a genuine prayer life. Yeah. And so I want to ask you, like, what what are some keys to make prayer real? You know, I mean, people are watching out there and they're like, man, we got to pray more. Okay, I think people knew that. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes prayer can get rote. Mm. Um, sometimes we need, like, crazy situations like this. Yeah. yeah. And then that really intensifies <laughs> yeah. our prayer devotional uh, uh, volume, um, if, if this is analog still. Um, <laughs> but, we'll use those. Um, yeah. What are some, help us out well, here. The, the the foundation here is that Daniel trusts in the person that he's praying to, mm. right? He's not just praying to to hope, right? He's praying to God. And what what's fascinating... You mean hope in the abstract sense, yeah. not to hope right. channel, yeah. hope network. Right. Or, yes. okay. <laughs> okay, all right. Now, I just want to make sure we're, well, hope yeah. Sabbath school or... Okay, yeah, we're good. We're good. Okay. That's right. right. So um, There is another show. So, so, what, so what's, what's, what's fascinating here is that 
In both situations, God doesn't immediately reveal the answer to Daniel. Yes. He doesn't immediately reveal the answer to Nebuchadnezzar, right? Yes. In other words, Daniel prays and then he sleeps. Yes. He sleeps without an answer to prayer because the answer to prayer comes in his sleep. Right, right, right. right and right, so right. Nebuchadnezzar also has a request, unanswered, right? They both, they're both in the same situation, yeah, 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 unanswered yeah, yeah. prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have two different responses to an answer prayer, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Nebuchadnezzar is going to kill people because mm. he can't get an answer to his prayer. Mm. Daniel can go to sleep. Yeah. And so why is it that that happens? Why is it? The reason why that happens is because Daniel is confident yeah. that no matter what happens, that the God, the great God of the universe who answers prayer is his personal friend mm. and has his personal interest in mind. Mm. So it's like Daniel comes to God. And, and Daniel is, is, is asking for his life. He's saying, God, give us the answer so that we don't suffer like these other magicians have suffered. Mm -hmm. Right? So he's, he's, he's essentially saying, God, I don't want to die. Mm -hmm. But after he has made his request known to God, he says, all right, this is on your court now. And he's at peace. I'm going to go to sleep. Whatever happens, happens. Right. You and will. so how is it that he can do that? He can do that because... He has a personal relationship with the great God of heaven that he's praying to. Mm -hmm. And how does that happen? It happens through crisis. It happens through Daniel chapter 1. It happens through pr before Daniel chapter 0, negative 1, 2, 3. Mm -hmm. That's where it happens. Yeah, and just keying off of a, a previ previous episode, it's these small instances that he's developed trust, and that gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, so that now with this crisis now, it's just, okay, like you've done in the past, I place this in your hands. Good night, Lord. And he goes to bed. Yeah. yeah? I love that. I love that. Going back to your other question about how to have this kind of prayer life. Yes. Something I just want to mention is sometimes we, we see this and we kind of, yeah, like we don't see the negative one, two, and three. And we just see this amazing prayer life. So, like, mm. so to have a prayer life, that means I need to pray like three hours a day with three mm. of my friends. That's mm. a prayer life. And if I can't do that, that means I don't have a prayer life. Mm. And just like other relationships, uh, it comes through growth. You know, when you meet someone for the first time, you don't have like a three-hour in-depth conversation about your childhood. You might have that later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you start out with, with small conversations. And the biggest thing about a relationship with God is there are, there are clearly things that are different about it, but there are a lot of things that are similar about our interactions with humanity, mm -hmm. meaning it's, you know, it's, it's growth. So I, I just really want to encourage people who don't have a prayer life, like, man, I never pray except for my food, maybe sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's just start talking to God as to a friend about whatever is on your mind. Mm -hmm. And that might be an hour. It might be three hours. It might be five minutes. Yeah. But talk to him as to a friend and don't think like, okay, I need to fulfill this. I need to just talk to God because I'm supposed to and I need miracles. But oh, great insight. Great insight that God is, interaction with God is similar to interaction with human, yeah. humanity. And it's very funny. It's funny if, if we actually take our current, a bad, if we take our current interaction with God and liken it to a human being, any human being would walk away. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Sebastian, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for, for the food. See you tomorrow. Let's see you tomorrow. <laughs> and it's just kind of this, I mean, that's not even a human relationship, exactly. but we have that kind of relationship. With and I would, I would only add the, the brief caveat that in prayer life, I always focus on what's going on in my actual life. Mm. So each day, it's going to be different because I'm dealing with something different for that day. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we feel like when we're coming to God in prayer, serious prayer is save for a crisis versus Daniel has always turned to God in every small matter, even in Babylon. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the real key to developing a prayer life like that is talk to God about what's going on in your actual life mm -hmm. today. 
And as you do that, you're developing that relationship and confidence. Mm-hmm. Not some meritorious ritual that earns salvation, but prayer is just a human interaction with someone who created humanity. And uh, this is something that I, we all struggle with, yeah, I can say, mm-hmm. and that we all try to endeavor. But the key point is that it starts today, and that sets the trajectory for success, success in the future on your relationship with God. Hopefully you've been encouraged with the exercise of prayer. I know we have. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is Inverse.